Howdy, everybody. The following is the 14th lesson in a series on life, liberty, and property brought to you by Republic Keepers. We are studying a book by the same name, Life, Liberty, and Property, written by Charles A. Wiseman, of which can be purchased at his website, seek-info.com, at amazon.com, or small bookstores such as Brave New Books in Austin, Texas. The ISBN for this book is 0 966 8921 Dash nine dash four. The following information about fundamental law and the unwritten constitution cannot be utilized by those individuals that are domiciled in the District of Columbia. To understand your domiciled status, please review the two constitutions, two domiciles document that can be found on republickeepers.com. We hope you enjoyed this lesson. All right, we're in Chapter 7. We're starting at the section that says, Limitations on Police Powers and Special Acts. The subject matter of the course is Life, Liberty, and Property from the book by Charles Wiseman. And we've reached the point where we've learned the fundamental law really is what protects life, liberty, and property and serves as a limitation on a variety of things. In this case, today, we're going to address limitations on police powers. Now, you may or may not know that the word police really is sort of like uh, the word cop. In England, we had uh, constables on patrol, and that was COP, and that's where the word cop came from. Now, police comes from the uh, words policy enforcer, so that the police were different than the law enforcers. The constable on patrol with the law enforcer and the police are people who are enforcing political uh, or corporate policies, municipal corporations, etc. So let's now get into the limitations on police powers and special acts. In order to reclaim the arbitrary power which once existed under the doctrine of parliamentary supremacy, which we covered in an earlier section, which is the case in England, the socialists and subverters in our midst have tried to make the claim that legislative acts are supreme when enacted under the police powers of the state. Well, the police power is the power vested in the legislature to make, notice this, wholesome and reasonable laws not repugnant to the Constitution and which are the for the preservation and protection of public peace, order, health, morals, and the security of the people. 
the number of laws which have been claimed to be passed for the public good would have in actuality been enacted to gain governmental control over some aspect of life, liberty, or property are too numerous to count. Many of the inroads, many of the inroads to tyranny have been paved by this means, since this mode of subversion has so frequently been attempted. There have been many statements from the courts warning against it. So I'll read that again. Since this mode of subversion has so frequently been attempted, there have been many statements from the courts warning against it. For example, the legislature cannot, under the guise of police regulation, arbitrarily invade private property or personal rights. The police power is subordinate to the Constitution. The police power of the state may be broad, but it cannot rise above the Constitution. If the police power is subordinate to the Constitution, and part of the Constitution is the due process of law provision, then the police power is subordinate to due process requirements. The general test as to when the police power is valid is whether it is essential to promote the public health, morals, safety, or welfare. But even in cases where it does, if it transcends due process or the law of the land, they are still invalid. In other words, even the police power is not supreme, but rather a delegated power which must be exercised within certain limits. Many have tried to apply the doctrine of legislative supremacy in the exercise of police powers, but their flaw lies in the idea of thinking that the legislature is sovereign. This error will prevail until it is understood that the law of the land is supreme and that due process of law has not only a procedural aspect but a substantive one as well. As such, it can be used as a limitation on the police power. This concept of substantive due process limiting the police power was revealed during the mid-19th century in several liquor prohibition acts of that period. In cases where the acts provided for the summary destruction of liquor, they were held invalid as a violation of due process. In 1853, the Supreme Court of Maine declared a prohibition law void because it did not provide for a trial by jury and thus violated the due process provision. In 1854, the reasoning was further extended when the Rhode Island Court declared summary seizure of liquor without notice and hearing 
a violation of due process. The same year, in the Massachusetts case, the court also said that confiscation without notice or trial was violative of due process law. The higher courts were beginning to recognize the relation between due process of law and the police power. That the police power was not unlimited had been early declared in some jurisdictions and that these limitations were to be based upon the common law was soon recognized. With these pro propositions established and with the idea that procedural due process was based upon the common law, it was but a step to correlate these concepts and recognize a substantive limitation out of the law of the land. This alliance between common law elements and due process as a procedural protection and the basis of the police power was first declared in the Weinheimer case. Weinheimer v. People in the 13 New York 378. The result was a substantive limitation upon the police power regulation. A New York statute provided for the confiscation and destruction of liquor by summary process unless it were kept in a residence. The law in effect gave legal sanction to theft and was thus held invalid. It was conceded the due process was a substantive limitation on the police power. The Weinhammer case was cited by the Delaware Supreme Court holding that where the liquor was seized, the doctrine applied. The Alabama Supreme Court had at the same time recognized the reasoning of the Weinhammer decision as valid. Very shortly after the Weinheimer case, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down the Dred Scott decision. In the majority opinion, Chief Justice Taney asserted that the conception of due process as a limitation upon the police power of the state. In Spahn versus Dallas, it was held that the police power is subject to the limitations imposed by the Constitution upon every power of government. In a case in Montana, the legislature passed a law making it the duty of the county treasurer on failure or refusal of any person to procure a license when required in any trades or occupations Quote, to seize any of the property upon which a lien is hereby created or any property belonging to such person and sell the same. Unquote. The Supreme Court said the act, that the act was unconstitutional as it provided for no notice or any hearing before the property is seized. It held that this deprived the person of property without due process of law. To wit, 
In this country, the power of the legislative departments of the government, federal and state, is limited by written constitution. And the English doctrine of parliamentary omnipotence has no place in American institutions. Nothing can be the law of the land in the sense of the Constitution, however general it may be, and however it may affect the rights of all persons alike, which deprives the citizen of his life, his liberty, or his property without due process of law, and that, as we have already seen, contemplates that a hearing must be allowed to him at some stage of the proceedings against him. This case is significant in that the court exposed the mistake and faulty reasoning used by the Michigan court in the case of Sears v. Cottrell, holding that special legislative acts are not limited by due process. Sometimes special legislation, that which is confined to a particular purpose, object, person, or class, is erroneously claimed not to be limited by due process because the guarantee was intended only for, to protect the general rights of society. But our Republican system was intended to protect the rights of the few from the majority. Thus, when a case of special legislation arose in Tennessee in 1831, the court took great pains to point out exactly how the law violated the law of the land. Justice Green said, By law of the land is meant a general and public law, operating equally on every individual in the community. If the law be general in its operation, affecting all alike, the minority are safe, because the majority who make the law are operated on by it equally with the others. Since the law of the land is in its nature a general law in the land, it works as a limitation on special legislation as well as general legislation. Most special acts of the legislature are by their very nature special judicial decrees and hence could not be considered valid under the law of the land. This line of reasoning has appeared most frequently in connections with cases involving special statutes which deprived officers of their office. In the landmark case of Hoke versus Henderson, the court refused to enforce a special act depriving a county clerk of his office. In a New York case, the court held that the legislature had no power by special act to authorize the sale of the property of parties 
for other than public purposes without their consent. The state Supreme Court said, although it be true that in England, private acts of Parliament have become a common mode of assurance in 2BL Com 344 and are upheld upon the principle that the Parliament is omnipotent in Second Tenth Common Law 448, that principle does not prevail with us. Here, the sovereign and absolute power resides in the people, and the legislature can only exercise such powers as have been delegated to it. In the landmark case of Taylor v. Porter, a special act was authorized, excuse me, a special act which authorized a private road to be laid out over the lands of a person without his consent was contrary to the law of the land and void. Thus, due process of law or the law of the land as applied to legislative enactments means not only statutes that are general in their operation, which affect the rights of all alike, but also means a special act of the legislature passed to affect the rights of an individual or few against their will. Now let me just comment at this point. In our own modern times, there's a great deal of question about eminent domain, and that being exercised by municipal commercial corporations. If the government, if the lawful Republican government can enact no special act that takes your property without due process, how in the world can a commercial enterprise do the same or a municipal corporation? We now reach Delegation principle as a limitation. In describing the nature of American legislative bodies, Justice Story stated the following. The legislature is in no just sense sovereign. It is but the agent with the limited authority of the state sovereignty. The legislature is the mere agent of the true political power, that being the people as a whole. Now notice the justice story was referring to the body, the people, as a state and it having the sovereignty. In order to eliminate the confusion over these words, we've taken and define for our purposes the use of the phrase girl society and first estate to be used in that stead to prevent the confusion over the use of the government as a sovereign versus the sovereign people as the sovereign. The legislature is a mere agent of the true political power and that being the people as a whole. 
the people have granted or delegated to the legislature as the people's agent an authority to exercise some of their political power. As agents, the legislature can only exercise the power delegated. But there is more to this legal principle of delegation as is revealed in the following quote. Through the lawmaking power, though, excuse me, excuse me, though the lawmaking power can unquestionably create a municipal corporation and delegate legislative authority to it, it cannot clothe the creature with power to do what the Constitution prohibits the Creator from doing. Just as the legislature is limited by the, limited by the Constitution as to what powers it can delegate to its creature, the municipality, making the municipality limited by the Constitution. The people are likewise limited by law as to what powers they can delegate to the legislature, making the legislature limited by that law. But by what law are the people limited? They are limited by three main areas of law. The law of the land, the law of God, and the law of nature. People created the legislative department and delegated legislative authority to it, but they did not and could not give their creature, their creation, the power to do what they themselves are prohibited to do by the law of the land or the law of God. Governmental power cannot be greater than that inherent in the people. In other words, the creature cannot exceed the powers of the Creator. As Justice Daniel said, power can never be de delegated, which the authority said to delegate itself never possessed. By the law of God, the people have laws upon them which prevent them from committing theft, murder, rape, sodomy, blasphemy, kidnapping, usury, witchcraft, fornication, or hybridization. The legislature, thus, cannot authorize such things. By the law of the land, the people must abide by the common law, principles of justice, due process, and the fundamental rights, none of which can be submitted to the vote of the people or be infringed simply because a majority of the people choose that it be. Thus, the legislature, as an agent of the people, also cannot infringe upon such things. It is thus erroneous to say that the people have an unlimited capacity when sitting in a constitutional convention, or that their sovereign powers have no bounds. The people are limited 
and restricted, and so are their agents. And that concludes Chapter 7. Let's unmute and see if there's any questions on this subject matter. You want to raise your hands if you have one. Okay, well, let's stop and the recording.